0: Hey family. Um, This YouTube thing, we're going to get used to it. Online thing. I know we can do this. I know we can. So first, a few things. I want to do a little uh, housekeeping. I miss you guys. I've been praying fervently for you. Thank you for posting prayer requests on the group site. Um, It was so great to be able to kind of see where you guys are each at and see what you guys are praying for. So please Somebody do that again this week. Um, and this week I'll make sure to post kind of what our family is praying through and things that we need prayer for so you can be praying for us specifically. Um, one of the things I'm finding just being thrown into, the, talking about temptation and wilderness, a wilderness type, being uh, alone, afraid, n- not really confident in our own abilities, or our own skills, um, even just doing simple things has really shown me like how much and how amazing prayer is, um, and prayers of faith that actually work. And I mean, I'm seeing miracles happen, um, and it's pretty amazing to see God just 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 work. So let's continue to be praying for each other. It keeps us in the front there. Uh, I want to encourage you guys to keep reading. Um, it's preparing our hearts not to just consume, okay? Not by any means. And I know I've got a reading schedule. It's out there. Pam even said she goes, it's every single day, you know, and and I think listen. If we want to be healthy, if we want, let me me rephrase this. I mean, might as well just start preaching right now, right? Jesus was tempted. The very first temptation was about food. And Jesus said to Satan, right? Man doesn't live by bread alone. Listen to me. We don't live by bread alone. It's not just the food that we eat physically or our entertainment or the things we use to escape. It's the very word of God. This is so important that we not only just dwell on it and let it seep into our hearts so we might not sin against him. Um, it, it invigorates, it builds, it allows us to think clearly. It gives us the wisdom we need in difficult situations to make right choices. Um, it it reidentifies and strengthens our identity as his sons and daughters. Um, I mean, I could go on and on. So there's the first part of this Matthew chapter four, as we get into it, Jesus's first temptation dealt with this very thing, is getting into God's word. And so stick with the reading. Um, I think it takes me just to read it without really thinking through it, um, 10, 15 minutes, and then I carry it throughout the day. I highlight a couple things um, on the iPad when I read, um, and or which is connected to my phone. Um, and throughout the day at work, um, Using, the, no, I won't say that, but uh, at lunch or, you know, I just think, oh, wait, what was that? And I'll reread it again. And then I write my thoughts at the end of the day, um, the things that God has been stirring in my heart throughout the day as I'm mulling over just the chewing on it and just thinking through those. So I encourage you guys to do that, um, just to kind of just, mm. um, and I'm purposely writing the vlogs. Typically, they're pretty vague. Pam was like, wait, I'm not really. Like, I want this explained more, and I'm like, that's the point. It's to cause you to kind of go, oh, 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 and think deeper about something. Um, I may not finish my full thoughts on it. I kind of do it on purpose. Um, So those are the few announcements. Other than that, I love you guys. I miss you. I'm also wanting to know how to make this better. So if you're watching this on your own, I'd love for you to kind of post something about that and your feelings on that. You can either message me or put it in the, the group. Um, I know some of you may be watching it by yourselves or if you're watching it in a group, is it doing what we're hoping to do in that dynamic? Or, and or if you're by yourself, if you have invited a couple people to watch it with you to be able to try and have that interaction, that time where you're having communion together, where you're praying together and you're building one another up for the work of ministry for that this week, this next week, Um, Let me know, because I think that's what we're wanting to get here and out of this. All right, so we're going to dive into Matthew chapter 4. I'm going to pray, and we'll jump right into this thing. So, Father, first, I thank you for uh, being able to praise you and sing about you and learn about you, even in a country, for me, right now that is closed. They just closed buying Bibles online. I can't have them shipped to my house. My friends can't. (laughs) But we're here, Lord, singing and thinking and praying and sharing your truth. And I know we can do that. Because you've given us the power of your spirit. And so, Lord, as we dive into scripture and we're learning more about your son and his identity of who he is in you and the power of your spirit that you move through him, those are the same things that we have. And we thank you for your grace and your kindness and mercy in our lives. And I pray that you would just make those things happen, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, okay. So, Matthew chapter 4. I've got some notes I've got writing here. So, this time I'm going to read it because I realize not everybody has access to the Bible. (laughs) So, I learned that last week. I just assumed you guys can read it on your own. But the reality is... Sometimes you can't and some people watching this can't so I'm gonna read and we're gonna read uh, Matthew chapter 4 starting in verse 1 And I'm only gonna read what we're gonna talk about so I'll read it and then we'll talk about it. this very f- first one says this Then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil for 40 days and 40 nights He fasted and became very hungry during that time the devil came and said to him, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And you heard my musings on that specific back and forth and temptation already earlier when we started this. So I'm not going to go over that again, but I want to go back to the very beginning where it says that Jesus was led by the spirit to be tempted. And I think sometimes in our lives we feel like that if we're being led by God, things are going to be easy. And I'm telling you for us personally, and you kind of heard little glimpses, that is not the case. In so many ways, I feel like this is our wilderness, this is our family. And going through the trials and some of the difficulties that we didn't have back at home from sicknesses that are like, what are you telling me to allergic reactions? Like, Olivia, just this week, oh my gosh, her finger is... Go watch the Sal's family channel and you'll see it. I'll post it in the next couple of days, but you're her finger we had to go Three hours to go get it to the doctor to find out that the medication we we're using was she was allergic to which made it worse and blister and open sores Praying for healing for her from my I mean you guys I'll list them off on prayer, so we'll go there But there's times where we're led by God's spirit that things aren't just power and we're healing people and God's just moving. There's times where it's hard. And all God wants us to do is cleave to him and trust the truth that he has a promise for us. And yes, we want to hurry it up sometimes just like Joseph did. And I wrote about that earlier. God gave him a glimpse into his future of what that... I'll get there. Okay? So verse 6. So verse five, then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, the highest point of the temple and said, if you are the son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect you and they will hold you up with their hands. So you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded, the scriptures say you must not test the Lord your God. And I want to make one note on that because Satan, you guys take this time. Okay and most of you have the Bibles so on your app, it'll click it, that Satan quoted that scripture wrong. And it, in the end of that, you'll look, it, it's along the lines of, if you're in God's will. And so Satan uses truth to try and convince us that we are okay or to justify our sin. Right? The first part of that was he was using kind of emotional response. Jesus is hungry. He's worn out. And we've always heard like you, you sin when you're hungry and tired and alone. Absolutely, if you're not careful. The next aspect of that here is that he's bringing this this, I, this, this, hey, God wants this from you and he wants to protect you so you can kind of do this thing. And here's the truth. You know, if you really are God's son. And, and Jesus saw through it because he knew what his calling was and his calling was to suffer. It will be to suffer. His calling is to trust his father and his father called him and drove him into the desert to be tempted and he knew that and he held on to that. He's like, I don't need to prove anything. Like I am doing the hardest thing, which is hold fast and just trust God. I'm not gonna put my dad to the test Satan, not going to happen. Verse 8. Next, the devil took him to the peak of the very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their glory. If, I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. For the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Or serve only him. And what I want to make note of here is that Satan showed Jesus all the kingdoms and the glories of the world, which Jesus already knew that he was there at creation. Remember that, right? Jesus was there at creation. But what the devil was trying to show Jesus was, hey, here's a shortcut because ultimately it's all yours, but I'm in possession of it now and I can give it to you without you having to go through all this suffering. And we have to remember that, wait, I wanted to read something. It's a quote here and I'll read it to you. Thou shalt, Satan had said nothing about, Satan had said nothing about serving him. He just said, worship me. But see, Jesus understood that worship and service go hand in hand. I took that from a a book I was reading, in that anything that we devote ourselves to, we are also serving. We give time to, we give our money to, we give our talents to, whatever that thing is. And so when Satan was saying, worship me, he's really saying, you're going to serve me and my purposes. And Jesus saw right through it. He's like, look, and this is the story of Joseph, right? Joseph was given a glimpse into what his future would look like. His family and his brothers were going to bow down to him. Joseph saw that. And he began to gloat over it. He began to talk about it. And it was reinforced when his dad would give him the coat. And it was a little like, are you kidding me? What do you do? Like, well, we see that now. But honestly, how often have I even maybe gloated in maybe the calling that God has given me? Or maybe you, I don't know. And um, and even Joseph may have wanted it shortcutted. Like, come on, guys, it's gonna happen anyways. Just do it now. But Joseph had to suffer a lot. I mean, he had to work for horrible people. He had to go to jail. And then God allowed him then to be second in command of all of Egypt. But that wasn't easy. I guarantee you, that was extremely hard work. And he had to adapt to the culture and the people but still keep his identity and who he was in God and trust God to fulfill the promise that he was going to give, which is to see his family and his family comes. I don't think Joseph planned any of that. Honestly, how could Joseph planned a famine? It was God. And that's where Jesus is. Like, I'm going to trust God to work these, my father to work these out external circumstances for his purpose. I'm here to redeem, to redeem. So we're going to move on. Get out of here, you must worship. And I love the end of this. Then the devil went away, and angels came and took care of Jesus. Angels, angels, are you kidding me? Right, think about it. Angels are the most powerful created beings in the entire universe. They are so powerful beings, and here they are coming to just bring Jesus comfort. And I know that we're gonna go through seasons of temptation ourselves where God is allowing temptation and external forces to just attack us and rip us and just, and what we have the opportunity to do is first hold fast to God and trust that he's wanting to expose because we aren't like Christ. See, Christ, he, God wasn't trying to expose his heart. God was proving that Christ is his and they are one and that he being fully man in that moment still understood that and held fast and trusted and obeyed. Part of that is for us, yes, like Job. Read the story of Job. The back and forth between Satan and God. He's my man, yeah, go ahead and test him. He won't give up on me and he doesn't. But yeah, this this thing of pride creeps in. And God's like, look. Exposes it in Joe, but yet God redeems the situation. I believe God wants to do that with us God's done that for me in this last month it has been insane where God has drawn out and probed through temptation and through Through years of behavior that God has shown me like those are wrong They're out of your life and you need to address those confess and work towards getting out of them Because it's not something that's just gonna happen overnight You gotta give it effort and you've got to fight sin and I've given you the power just like Christ we have to remember that we have, and I want to read this to you. I'm going to, this is so good, is that when we put our physical... Oh, 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 oh. Listen to this, okay? This is uh, out of the same book that I'm reading here. It says this, Jesus used the spiritual resources that are available to us today, the power of the Holy Spirit of God and the power of the Word of God to resist the temptation of Satan. Jesus used not his divine power, but the same exact power that we have been given, first our identity of who we are as sons and daughters of Christ, and the power of the Holy Spirit, those two things combined, allows us, and I mean it's all throughout the New Testament, the power over sin that we can put sin to death. And when we begin to, as Christians, put into practice that when temptation comes, we're able to say no. And listen to me, it's not just our behaviors, it's the intent and the actions of why we do what we do. Why am I being angry right now? Because I feel violated or upset because I didn't get my way? Why am I feeling frustrated or disappointed? Those feelings are just exposing really what our heart is wrapped around or what our heart is really bowing down to. And so those feelings that we begin to just come out, or even being cold, having lack of empathy or care for certain people. I remember growing up, I remember years and years where I'd see people and hear about their, their back injuries and how, oh, it would hurt, it would hurt, it would hurt, and that's how I acted. I would not mock them maybe per se, but I just, I didn't have empathy. And then a couple of years ago, when I had a couple of herniated discs in my back, I realized the pain and the numbness in my legs that began to happen and, and, and not being able to move or my kids jumping and not being able to lift my kids and hold them the way I wanted to. I mean, I had a better understanding was able to have empathy. And look at Christ. God himself went through the same struggles that we went through, but yet was able never to sin. And so he can empathize with us. The Bible is very clear that he can empathize with us and see what we went through and never sin. And he gives us the power to not do that. And from that place, God builds us as people so that we can live on mission. I believe part of our walk as Christians is to battle sin, but it cannot stop there. The battle of sin will be ongoing the rest of our lives. And as we get better and better at that, as we rely on the Holy Spirit and trust him, then God begins to work and move through us. That is kind of the journey that I hope that we're on together. We're going we're to resist the devil and he will flee. And God will continue to move and power in our lives as we continue to grow and mature and become mature Christians, as it says in Ephesians. And then we're going to read now as Jesus goes into ministry, right? So chapter four, starting in verse uh, 12, when Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He f- went first to Nazareth then left there and moved to Capernaum beside the sea of Galilee in the region of two weird places, Zemdola and Nubal. But well, basically it's about 20 or 30 miles from where he was, came out of the desert. And listen, the book of Matthew isn't chronological. It's set up more in, um, oh, my thing's about to not record anymore. So let me push pause here real quick and we'll get back to that thought. The book of Matthew is set up in events, not chronological. So we're gonna look at events that happen. So this next sermon series, the Sermon on the Mount, is that, but it may have been just that, the time timing, if that makes any sense. I don't know exactly what it was. If you read Mark, is a timing one. I think Luke was all about like the schedule. like m- Chronological. That's what I'm trying to say. This isn't chronological. This is event-based, not chronological. Anyway, so I just found that out. But either way, I love the wording here that when John was in prison, here goes Jesus. He gets to work. And he picks up, right? He, the verse there was, he picks up... Uh, uh, where is it? From then on, Jesus began to preach, repent of your sins and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. And the way the message worded that was, was that what Jesus, oh, I'll just read it to you. And I liked it because it picks up the intent of what's trying to be said there in verse four. Where am I? I'm sorry. This is like I said, this is I guess I expect it like to be perfect because it's on camera, but it's not gonna be and that's just part of this 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 way we do. Um, uh yeah, he said this in the message it goes like this. He picked up where John left off. Change your life. God's kingdom is here. And that's the same was is like from then on, Jesus began to preach. It's kind of this idea like he basically, John was done, unfortunately, and Jesus was working and just kept going. He just kept being on mission. Basically what happens is Jesus trusted God with John's life. Jesus knew that he could go and try and get John out, but that's not what he was called to do. And he had to trust the purpose and plan of John being in prison. Why John ended up in prison exactly, we know. We learn it in other books. You can go back and study it. I don't necessarily know if he needed to go to prison, um, but it God allowed it to happen. And I believe ultimately God's glory can shine through that. Um, he basically, yeah, you guys can go study that if you want to or talk about it in, in, in your group. So, and, and it also, Jesus needed to fill, su- fulfill scripture of the Old Testament. And that's what Jesus' purpose was, was to continue to fulfill the Old Testament prophecies and um, trust God to work everything else out around him, ultimately for his Father's glory. Which leads us into the next section of this. And this is what's interesting, is that you look at Mark uh, or other books, and this same scenario happens, but Jesus had met these guys earlier. earlier. And here there's this scene, and we're going to watch this. And read this. One day, as Jesus was wa- verse 18. One day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, "Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people." And they left their nets at once and followed him. A little further up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father Zebedee, repairing their nets. And he called to them too. They immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their leaving their boat and their father behind. So I wanna share with you guys something because I think a lot of times the scripture is shared like on this level of like, you need to sell it all and go. I am not recommending that. I don't believe that that's for everybody. Let me, let me rephrase that. I believe fighting and defeating sin is for everybody. I believe that everyone is called to live on mission and to um, go and teach and help people learn about Jesus. And basically the ideas you teach and disciple. Those two things are going to go together. That's where I need your guys' help. And um, But not everyone is called to leave their father's business, sell everything, and follow Jesus. I think that that is... Fine. I think that's great. I mean, you look throughout Scripture. How many people was it, was it in throughout this Bible that didn't have this specific, unique, like, calling that was insane? That, that oh, are you kidding me? Like, this calling to suffer, to be away from you, like, ah. He allowed it for Pam and I and our family, and it's not easy. And many times I think, man, we're not cut out for this. I'd love to just go back restart another business or something, but this is where he has us. This is where he has us for now. This is what we're supposed to be doing. Because he called us. And it's very clear that we were supposed to do this, but it's not everyone. I want to talk a little bit, though, about fishermen. Because I find this very interesting. I, my job, which you guys knew, was, was very tactile, very hands-on. Running business, you know, family business. There were seasons of very... It was hard. You guys, know. don't have to go through it all. My job was not in a lazy bone Jones type kind of job. Right. it wasn't always just humdrum easy. Uh, there were seasons where it was easier than other times, but ultimately in order to have employees and work for a family and be managing money and seeing a business, try and grow and all these things, it takes work and hard work. And when you look at fishermen, you look at the people Jesus brought around him. Typically, they weren't people that were begging. They weren't poor people. Uh, They may not have had a lot of money, more middle class, family type kind of business. But they were hard workers. right? And fishermen, it takes people of patience, discipline, the ability to make a plan, execute that plan, and really have faith that their plan will work. To be able to bring in that catch, and then after bringing in the catch, they've got to sort it. You find the good from the bad, so they have to have understanding and knowledge of what people want, what the market wants. Maybe there's certain fish that are selling right now, they're more popular, and you can adjust. I mean, there's so many things that go into this that Jesus equated that to being a fisher of man. And it is so important to realize and recognize that Jesus picked men that were willing to work and work hard. And I think as Christians that we are to be willing to work hard. We see Jesus living on mission. His friend gets arrested, he just goes and keeps going, right? Um, we see him uh, being willing to be led into the wilderness for 40 days. And we're going to look and more and more and more and see that his life was about action. And I believe as Christians, our life is to be about action. The twofold of defeating sin in our personal lives and seeing God work miraculously, just not only in us, but through us. And this calling to sell everything and go is not for everybody, but we are called, listen to me, everybody is called to not hold on to things of the world, but trust God with them so that when people come over to your house and you have your nice couch and you invited them over as guests and the purpose is to try and get to know them, build relationships so that you can show them and share with them God's love and bring redemption to their lives. And somebody spills something on your couch you're at, and they're freaking out, your attitude is grace grace. Because ultimately, the couch is burning. That person, their soul, we don't want to burn. Such a bad analogy. So cheesy. But you guys get what I'm saying is that our possessions and things, people come before that. And God wants us to be willing in even little things to be able to give those things up. Not everybody's called to go across the ocean by no means. But we are all called to extend the hand to smile when our Starbucks coffee order's messed up that we're gracious and kind and either maybe just don't care or we're so like just grateful that they even made it for us and ask them politely I mean, do you, I, I think you guys get what I'm trying to say here and I hope you hear my heart in that we are all called to do the hard thing but that's different for every one of us And that is God's spirit leading you. God's going to lead you into different levels of. um, Oh, I got to be careful with how I say that because Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. So God may lead you not to be tempted, but as he's leading you throughout the day, you will be tempted and you have the choice then. Or to let the Holy spirit expose. And you can either be defensive and go, oh, it's the way I've always done it, or, oh, that's okay, or, oh, I found one scripture in here to support my point, right? Like Satan found one scripture to support his point, one. But if you look at it in the context of all of scripture, he was completely misquoted. He even left a little piece out, just like he did with Eve when he added, God will certainly not let you die, right? That one little thing. So I want you guys to take some time to think about these things. I wanna think about the three different things we had here. We looked at first the test, the which was Jesus being tempted, the proof of the power of the Holy Spirit is God going out in ministry, and the help. There's the kids knocking right there. So this is my chance to tell you I love you. Go through those couple of things. I'll try and add up to maybe a couple more discussion questions on this video in the questions below. Boop, 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 boop. And you guys can type, comment, those types of things. I love you. Grace and peace to you guys, in Jesus' name. In